Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Rising with Phoenix Grace podcast. I'm Phoenix, and I created this podcast to have conversations that'll make us rise to the most powerful version of ourselves. The more you know and talk about the things that are pulling at your heart, the easier it is to rise into the person that you are supposed to be. And I know this because I've done it myself and have had conversations that have changed my life. So come along with me as we talk about this crazy thing called life, our bodies, our minds, and things that are a little bit woo. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get ready to rise. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Thank you so much for coming back to another episode of the Rising with Phoenix Grace podcast. I'm so excited. I'm always excited. I said it every time, but I am genuinely excited. We're having another decluttering conversation. And as I was getting to know my guests a little bit more, I'm introducing just a second. I was talking about how powerful it is to have different perspectives on a same topic. And I hope that, you know, the last one resonated with some people and that it did feel like this warm, fuzzy hug. And I think this one's also going to resonate with people. So today I am joined by Shira Samaroff, and she is a therapist, coach, consultant, teacher, and writer. She's also an LCSW whose expertise is rooted in decades of practice with thousands of people of diverse identities, ages, and life stories in a wide array of settings. She weaves together a range of therapeutic models such as IFS, somatic, and nature-based therapies, healing from an ending oppression, and more to help her clients reconnect with their intuition and inhabit the life they most desire. Shira offers individual and group therapy and coaching and consulting around the range of themes of invention individual and collective healing, such as coaching for women, transformative decluttering, which is why we're here today, professional development coaching, rituals and rituals for life events, deeply supportive coaching for mothers, for women who are not mothers, and for women making the decision whether or not to become a mother. So she is going to be coming back, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about that topic eventually. And her approach is collaborative, deeply attuned, wildly creative, and full of heart. The heart and soul of her work is helping humans reconnect with ourselves, each other, our bodies, and the more the human natural world so we can live powerfully and wholly in deeply mutually supportive relationship with all. And I can tell you guys just from the little conversation I had with her before we started this that I feel all of that. She is such a beautiful energy Mm. to her. So thank you so much for doing this with me today, especially kind of like on the fly. (laughs) I'm very, very happy to be here. I'm very happy to connect with you. And yeah, I'm excited to be in conversation. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a really good one. So is there anything in the bio that I kind of left out? Other than my whole life story. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe like, what about decluttering? What brought you to adding that into your into your modalities? Yeah, um, it's such a it's such a potent topic that I started doing in some ways accidentally, although I don't think it was an accident at all. I think we're really <laughs> led to things, but it was unexpectedly, I'll say that, that okay. I I um, started doing that work some years ago and incorporated it in, into my other practice and thought of it as kind of a side thing at first, like, oh, you know, I'm good at helping people organize and I'm really good at organizing spaces. And, you know, I am that, but so maybe I'll do that for a while, but then I realize how incredibly deep this process is. And it's really so much more than I'm actually, in some ways, I don't care what's, what people's spaces look like. I'm interested in the deeper work around it. Although, I mean, I do care in the sense that the work is about helping people create 
spaces that really support them and nourish them and hold them. But the process of doing that, the space can look any which way. So there's no particular set way. It's really helping people find them their own selves to have their whole lives go well and clear mm -hmm. out the way of that. So I just found it such a deep, deep process. And I also found, you know, when I first came into it, when I was like earlier in my life, before I did this professionally, I would, you know, I would sometimes like organize people's spaces for them because I'm really, quote, good at that. But actually, that's so not helpful. It turns out I like thought I was being so helpful because I'm overriding their own way and their own knowing. It's actually really disempowering to do that. I don't know. I have no idea what's right for you in your space. I know how to I can support you to find your own way. And that's what I do. And I might have ideas. But really, you're, you know, helping you find your own ideas is the way. And so it's, it's, that's what I really came to understand the work is. It's not coming in with my own vision for somebody. It's helping people find their own vision. Mm, that's good. So on that note, I'm just going to feed off of that. Great. So do you think that a lot of disservice is happening through like social media or through even shows like Marie Kondo or like the home edit? that are really like, this is how your space should look. I I do actually, I don't, actually don't even know the home edit. <laughs> it's the rainbow system. The, oh yeah. Her, you know, and I, you know, I honor what works for people. So this is just my perspective and my way. And for some people, they, you know, that if they, if, if someone finds that useful and meaningful, great. I honor that for me. I think Marie Kondo, I'll say, I, I think she has some real wisdom. Um, that's, that's not about the, this is how you should do things, but some of the deeper messages that were actually really helpful to me. Like, I remember I went through a whole process. I, moved a lot in my life and I carried around these photo albums like boxes of photo albums for years and years and years and mm -hmm. after reading her book the the life-changing magic of tidying mm -hmm. the title right yeah um she was talking about photos and like why we save them and all these photos you know and I'm old enough that I had photos before digital that are like terrible photos of scenery that's I don't even know what it is or people that I have no idea who they are uh-huh or photos of things that like I want to let go of because they're memories that aren't actually that pleasant that I that not to not to push away the feelings about it but that I get to let go of and so I threw out hundreds of photos some people around me were like what are you doing you know but it's making me anxious hearing you yeah, talk about yeah. it <laughs> it was very it was a very um it was a very deep and meaningful and freeing process. And that was what was right for me. So I would never go into your home and say, you should throw out all your photos. It's really about tuning into what's right for you. And that I think is the most important. And, and really tuning into why am I holding on to this? Is it because it makes my life go well now? You know, does this support me now to have this? And if it doesn't, why am I holding on to it? Is it because of, you know, fear is it because of some grief that I am am not wanting to notice that's in me you know I I had a I think I've told the story before but I you know I had a sweater of my grandmother who had died and I loved her and I didn't really like the sweater and I didn't wear it and at some point I was like but it felt like how could I get how could I get you know and for some people well you have to keep the sweater of course but at some point I realized like I'm not the reason I'm wanting to keep it is because I want to keep my connection to her, but I have that. 
And I also need to grieve the fact that she's not here anymore in the form that she was. And I can't, not allowing myself to feel that and move through those feelings keeps things stuck. But I don't need that, you know, so I don't need the sweater to keep my feelings suppressed and I don't need the sweater to have connection to her. And if I don't like it, it's it's having impact. Somebody I said that to was like, she may not have liked it either, which was like a thought that hadn't even occurred to me. <laughs> you know, that maybe it was freeing both of us for me to give away that sweater. And then that sweater goes where it belongs. You know, that goes to someone who will love it, you know, who will pick it up at a consignment shop or, you know, a, a whatever, a thrift shop. So um, that was a long answer to your question. But I do think organizational systems ultimately override our own, like are disempowering and override our own. It sends a message that you can't find your own way. And, and again, I think our ways will look so different, you know, like maybe having a sink full of dishes is great for you because it's serves you more to spend your time doing something else, you know, doing yoga on the floor at night or playing with your daughter or some other thing. Fine. For someone else, it's like, no, it's like really good and clearing to like clean, you know, clean the dishes every night. So pretty much anything is more important to me than the sink of dishes. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say when something's feels so challenging or yucky, or we also get to look at, is there some way we can make a different relationship? Like, I feel like I hate doing house cleaning. And some of that is because I'm female and the like conditioning and the, and the way it's so on us to do all the, you know, that's our role and not in a way that's nourishing or supportive. It's unpaid. It's unrec. It's not considered work. Oh, did you go to work today? Like that's work. So much of the work that we do is work. It's just not paid and not recognized. And so my, you know, I don't, I, I keep thinking that I don't think it's inherently unpleasant to clean a home. Like what's more beautiful than tending to one space or washing dishes. And I want to, I want to heal whatever's in the way of me having that relationship so I can enjoy those activities. But there's so much, you know, conditions that don't make sense, you know, oppressive conditions that, that interfere with that. So, which doesn't mean we need to do dishes, but we also get to find joy in it and honoring of the work you know, and naming this is meaningful labor as much as going and doing something else that's paid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I always knew, like, let me keep with the dishes thing that mine kind of stemmed from like how my mother insisted on doing them or me doing them like growing up. Uh-huh. And so right. it kind of like, it, it was never fun, you know, because she was yeah. always over my shoulder, making sure I did it right. Yeah. The water, we called it, like, it was, like, I called it piranha water because it was so hot Aww. that I couldn't even, like, put my hands in. Right. Um. I mean, she didn't abuse me. <laughs> but, um. you know, and so, like, for me, I've just always kind of been, like, yeah, that's why I don't like doing dishes. But then when I was, like, reading through your stuff and that was, um, you know, one of the things that I did want to talk to you about was that it is tend to see, tend to be seen as, women's work and I remember this was a huge you know point of contention in in my past marriage was you know he chose like three things that he did and those were his and I did everything else right but it was never and he wanted to be thanked and appreciated for the things that he did but I wasn't getting thanked and appreciated for you know all the other things I did and so right. 
Right. You know, I feel like, but now I feel like being on my own that I am enjoying a lot of them more because then it's my space and it's my pride and it's taking care of, you know, I look at it as a, one of my friends calls them love habits. Mm. Like, how do you show your, how do you show yourself love? Like their love habits. It's still not perfect, you know, by any means, but I feel like it's a lot, (laughs) it's a lot easier to do when you're not like sharing the responsibility with somebody. Yeah. But in cases that people are like, what do you kind of encourage around? Like if you get a client that is just like, I'm so burnt out. I do everything. I hate doing everything, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple pieces there in the story you told about what it was like growing up, that's so important. And, and that so relates to how, I mean, how we are in every aspect of our life, including how we relate to our spaces, our homes and, and tending to our homes or what we have and what we don't have. And that's a really important part of the process is, so it's great that you know that and have connected with that because then you can do the healing that gets mm-hmm. to happen there to free yourself from those experiences. But of course that, why would you ever enjoy doing dishes when that was the conditions under which you came into contact with that activity, you know? And your mother was just passing down what had happened to her, you know, it's that she didn't get to work, you know, heal from and work through. And that's what, you know, these things get passed down generation, generation. And then, you know, for, you know, as children were, you know, so often like made to do chores in ways that like make us hate them. And and as opposed to, or other things too, like reading, you know, there's many people who hate, you know, I had a struggle. I, I, I've come to really love writing and I, it's a, it's a way I really, I think important way for me to express myself but I went through a long process of of feeling like I hated writing because of the conditions of which I did it when I was younger and, you know, in our dysfunctional school systems, well-meaning people, but, you know, off <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of um, that it's not fostering enjoyment of, of these uh, really meaningful activities and ways of, of expressing ourselves, whether it's washing dishes or writing or dancing or, you know, or whatever. And so going you know, tuning into those earlier experiences and getting to connect with them and heal them, heal them is really important. And um, yeah, so I would, I would say that, and that makes total sense. And like, I'm excited for you to have a whole different relationship with washing dishes that gets to be full of joy. And, you know, you can bring your mother in energetically and, you know, you both can like, you know, heal from that, that was passed down. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, it's so common in, in, partnerships and particularly around gender dynamics just because of the way we're socialized and it's not it's not good for men either that they're socialized into roles of not connecting with that kind of work you know it's ultimately really limits their lives but it sets it sets up conditions that are really um problematic obviously as you described and i think there's beautiful opportunity there to to come together like sharing work is wonderful and can mm-hmm. you know if and when we can move through i mean we can when we move through <laughs> um you know it's a lot of work but really collaborating and i think part of it and for women is really honoring themselves honoring ourselves, honoring the work we're doing, speaking up when things aren't right. You know, that's such a piece. I mean, it's another piece of work I do, although it's connected about this, is really connecting with our intuition and honoring it. So like, we know when something's not right, but how many, and this is, you know, for everyone, but there's a particular way for women, like how often are we overriding what we know is not right? And then we don't change it, you know? And that's so understandable, so understandable given historic conditions given our childhoods 
as young girls, but that is a really important piece because it can't shift otherwise. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, there's a lot more to say, but those are a few things, you know, a few things I would say. And, and having high expectations that we get to have high expectations and know that it's good for everyone, even if there's pushback or resistance, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's beautiful that we do what we do and it's and it's limiting for you know and often for men that that can't connect with these really important ways just i mean they can but have been disconnected from it you know it's even if they feel like i don't want to do that it's 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 ultimately good for them too so yeah okay well this house this, this is perfect so this is like kind of rolling into like the like another thing i wanted to talk about with you which was like the idea of like you said, like collaboration just came up in what you just said. And I was thinking about, you know, one of the things that I feel like with any part of your life that you're trying to change, but I feel like especially with decluttering, and I can't remember if I talked about this on my podcast or on my stories, but um, you know, like why is it that like you can call like a friend and you'll like clean your whole house while you're on the phone with them? Yes. You yes. know, and I have a good friend that she's like, I need to put away laundry and so she'll FaceTime me. And I'll, you know, we'll chit chat while she puts away her clothes. And like, that's like sometimes the only time she gets her clothes put away. And so with this idea of collaboration, asking for help, like, do you think that having somebody to help you, if possible, you know, with accountability and just like the kind of emotional support when it comes to like, if you're starting to really like declutter your life, organize your life, get it together, whether that's the form of like a coach or a friend, like do you feel like that that there's a certain importance to having that kind of support? Yes. And slash I, collaboration. Yes, yes, yes. And I love what you just said. That is so beautiful and transformative and so important. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I think it's true of so many things that we think we're supposed to do on our own. You know, we live in a society that's so individualistic. And I mean, here in the United States where I am, where we both are, you know, so individualistic and you're, and you're better if you do it on your own and, you know, keeping, our, yeah, <laughs> keeping our struggles hidden from each other. So then everyone thinks, you know, we're the only ones because nobody's showing, I mean, not no, you know, but that's a, mm -hmm. No, I think that's such a beautiful example that we're meant to do things in connection and with support. And that's a that's actually a strength, not a not a weakness. And so many people I've worked with. Oh, I just love that story. I, I adore you, Phoenix. I'm so glad to be talking with you. It's so and you're so genuine and you so live what you're talking, which I really um, just honor and appreciate and and like. <laughs> so just wanted to say that. But um, well, there's no coincidences. This is what's happened for a reason. Yeah, totally, totally. And I thank my friend Polly Yoles, who's a coach, also who sent me because I'm I'm not on Facebook that much, but she sent me your message that you you know wanted to talk with somebody about decluttering. And um, so thank you, Paula. <laughs> Friends who help us and support us and yes. and you know. Um. So yeah, absolutely. So many people. I mean, one for people to take the step to actually reach out to me for support, like that's a whole thing to, to allow that, you know? Mm -hmm. And at some point I, um, I started calling myself a de-shamer, not a declutterer, mm -hmm. or, you know, but I, because people carry so much shame that, and that, that I want to heal for everyone, you know, attached to everything. We all just, you know, as if there's something wrong with us, you know, for our struggles or even seeing things as struggles that aren't. You know, and that's some of the stuff I think about the mess, like back to the question about the mess, the 
messaging around how you're supposed to have your home look like it sets up this model that this is this is good and right and if it's not like that it's wrong so if your host house is quote messy there's something wrong with you i don't see that at all like i grew up in incredibly neat and organized homes they were not joyful places to live <laughs> that was not a sign of like a well-functioning emotionally connected environment and i had a a dear uh, well i mean they're still my dear friends but we don't we're not in that much contact, but who I spent many years with in my, you know, this family with two young children who grew up, I was in their home, their home, you know, on the surface was super messy, you know, dishes, banana peels, like papers everywhere. That house was so full of love, connection, music, creativity, like great. <laughs> That's just right. And there were some struggles around tending to certain things from some of the things we talked about before. They're early in historic experiences. That gets to be resolved also just so that we can be fully who we are. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think the whole notion that, you know, being neat and tidy is is better and right is, you know, like Martha Stewart, whoever. That's not that's not the model we're going for. We're going for our own authentic, authentic way. So that got off the, I mean, connected to, but about needing, um, needing people and needing support that, that so often people would feel like, you know, would call me and be like, I, you know, I should have been able to do this on my own, but I'm just not able to. So I like had to call you as opposed to, no, you didn't do it on your own because that's not how it's meant to go. And it's not possible. If you could have, you would have, it's not for some fault or some lacking. It's because it's meant to be done with support. And people really underestimate this work, how deep it is, you know, and again, it's the undervaluing, you know, because many people also are like, yeah, I really want to do that, but I don't have time because I I'm, I'm have to do these other things that are more important. What is more important than this? But people can't tell how important it is, you know, both because it's undervalued. Also, I think they can, they know they're going to have to go deep if they really do it. You know, you really tap into your history, your identity, you know, your relationships, your life, all the things. So I, and I, you know, I think hiring a coach is, is really wonderful to allow. And anyone I work with, I'm like, let's talk about other ways, like like what you and your friend do. That's so great. I, I think every, we should all be doing that around a ton of things. You know, it's tax season. We should all be making dates like that to work on our taxes together. You know, (laughs) like, why would we do something like that by ourselves? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like, and something I encourage my clients or my friends when we talk about decluttering, which I think is another thing that society and everything has put on us is that it has to be all or nothing and it has to be right now. Yes. Right. And I literally go throughout my day. I make a list usually in the morning on, on a perfect day. Let me preface that (laughs) on a perfect day. This is what I do. I make a business list and a home list and I set timers for anywhere between like 15 minutes to like 45 minutes and I'll go down the list and I'll alternate, I'll alternate. I can talk, I'll alternate between work and home. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I'll, you know, schedule podcasts, edit podcasts, yada, yada, get the captions ready, blah, 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 blah. Timer will go off. Okay. I'm going to do the dishes now. And that's what I also had to do with when it came to decluttering again, which social media and these like TV shows and stuff is that it like happens in like one week. Like you just go and you do the whole house in one week, nine to five balls, to the walls. 
we need to come up with a women's version of that saying, but anyway, um, <laughs> it's to the bricks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> t-shirt going to make it, you know, but it's like, okay, fine. Set it. You know, like I encourage people, I'm like, pick the space that is going to bring you the most joy from the beginning. So mine in my old house was my closet. My closet was beautiful. I did it like kind of homemedic, kind of rainbow organized, mm-hmm. but it was, it was like neat and tidy. And whenever I opened the doors, I was like, ah. and like, you know, and it was like that and that I maintained and it was easy to maintain because everything had a place and I liked the way it looked, you know? And so that's why I encourage people. I'm like, you don't have to do everything at one time, set a timer. You know, go out to your garage and be like, okay, I'm going to go through one box today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm going to go through one box this week. Yeah. You know, and I think the other thing that I can help you like bring to the table, especially with getting rid of stuff that you don't actually use is, you know, I've moved, what did I calculate it? Nine times in the last 11 years. Wow. So... You know, it was when I moved from my house to this apartment, which we had talked about earlier, I moved from a big house to this little apartment about a year ago. And um, I mean, I got rid of, I don't even know, there was so much trash. I think there was like six big trash bags that got rid of. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. multiple cars, carloads that got donated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sold a bunch of stuff, you know, and then I did more and more like the longer I've been here and the box of photos, like I was just thinking about that. I have this box of photos upstairs and I'm like, and then one of the things I haven't gone through yet because I wasn't ready to is like my like high school memorabilia, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was hearing you talk about like letting go of, you know, this time of your life and I'm totally getting off the subject of where I started, but um, no, it's all, it's all high right. school sucked <laughs> for me. I hated high school. Yeah. Yeah. And I have all these pictures of the rare times that the mean girls were nice to me. Mm. And I'm like, why am I like, I need, I was just like listening to you talk about that. And I'm like, I need to go out there. I need to pull out a couple, you know, so I can show my daughter one day, like this was my high school crush. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was, you know, this Mm -hmm. and throw and burn, like not even just throw them. Like they need to be burned. Like I need Mm -hmm. to give that energy like back to the universe. Like you can just take this shit back, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, long story short is it's not all or nothing. It's deeply personal. And I love what you said. Like you get to decide on what is like aesthetically pleasing for your nervous system Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this is another thing we get fed through social media. I do believe it about my car, but that's just me personally, is that our spaces reflect our mind. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. said so often. And my car is always a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and that's not just because I have a small child, like half of it's her and half of it's me. But yeah. I, I do feel like, but I do feel like when I get, when I clean my car, I'm like, ah, okay. Okay. You know, but I just, I feel like there's so much, I was even having this conversation. It, it kind of goes into really any area of, I was having a conversation about dating the other day with a dating coach. And we were talking about the biggest issue is all of the conflicting information that we are getting shoved at us constantly, <laughs> you know, because I also believe what you said, like you grew up in a house that was really neat and tidy 
but it wasn't happy. And I know, and I know that that friend that has that chaotic house, that it's a really beautiful, loving family, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that could also be the reverse. Yep. Yes. You know, so it's, I love that like your work and your approach, this is really tuning in to, because it all comes back to what do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you want? Not what society wants you to want, right. what, not what I think is best for you. So I love that, like, that's the place that you approach this from. Yeah. And, and I think you've said so many really important things in there, really important that, um, that I want to go back to, you know, one, I was thinking right before when you were talking about the, the photos and memorabilia from high school and, and really going through them and, and that process, one, just of going through them and tapping into that and, um, is, is a really important, beautiful healing process and then I was thinking and sometimes it's really useful to do some kind of ritual and then you just said like burn them you know so that's you know there's a way to really do ritual when we're saying goodbye to things which can look like anything it can be like ripping them into shreds and throwing them or it can be you know sobbing our hearts out or it can be you know or it can be not that it's it's whatever is actually most serving us so again there's no particular right way or should around all that but go allowing ourselves space to go through the process with the things that that we have and I think it's useful always to go through things you know you will go through all your things in this moment in a year in six months in five years in 10 years it'll be a completely different moment and you'll have a completely different relationship with with all of that so I think that um that is really important and I think there are a couple other things you said that I wanted to go back to oh one thing I was going to say about your car your, oh, oh, and about your closet. You know, when you talked about your closet, you lit up with how good mm-hmm. it felt, right? And so that's a sign that that's right for you because because it feels good and it lights you up. And, you know, just the way your expression on your face, which our listeners can't hear, but I mean, can't see, but can feel, I'm sure. Um, you know, that's what we want. We want, you know, all of our spaces to feel like that, not from a tight place, not from a should place. Mm-hmm. And um there was something, there was something you said that I um, wanted to go back to. Car? Yeah. There was about the car. And then I think just, yeah, it's all about, you know, it's what we want and it's tuning into our own selves. And again, so much of the advice and the um, perspective, so much takes us away from ourselves and from our own knowing of ourselves. We know what's right for us and we just get to have support to reconnect with that. And when we don't know, or we feel like we need, it doesn't mean we don't need ideas or that we don't have things to learn from each other. We need each other. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we know we need support to find our own knowing about what's right for us, which will look nothing like anyone else's because it's us and that is what is so important to allow for and that can feel scary in this world where you're you know where you're supposed to which doesn't serve anyone you know but there's so much pressure and fear around you know be normal be not different you know do things this particular way in terms of our work in terms of how we look in terms of you know what our houses look like that that um we get to throw that out the window and really, you know, lean into fears of being our real selves because it's so freeing. Mm -hmm. So that I think it's all about, right. What do we want? What's true to us, you know, and, and we know when we really tune in and listen. Yeah. So, and then I wanted to say something about your car because one thing (laughs) I was thinking about, so if your car felt good that way, great, but it didn't sound like it did, you know, in which case, Oh, now I remember the other thing I wanted to go back to also. (laughs) Um, 
in which case the thing would be how to set up support so you get to have your car be a supportive space for you. What conditions need to change that allows you the time to do that? And some of that is you're sharing your car with another person, with your daughter, you know, and mm -hmm. so she's going to have her own way and it's figuring out how you have it be a supportive space for both of you. Um, you know, there's that, but there's something about how to, whether it's setting up the time or the space, or you get to spend some time talking with each other, like, how can we have this car feel good for both of us? You know, that that matters. That's important to make time for. But again, that's not going to seem important in our current, you know, structure of societies that that make it seem like that's not, you know, that's not important to tend to or spend time on. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say that. No, I forgot the other thing again, but it'll come back to me. <laughs> I, I'll do really good for a while about just being, and I feel like it's, it was easier in my, at my old house because there was like a mudroom. And so it was like, I could park in the garage, unload in the mudroom and then put everything away. Mm -hmm. And here it's outside parking. And my entryway into my apartment is this, it's, it drives me nuts. It's this very tiny cramped, mm -hmm. like walking in thing. And so when I do walk in with like all of the stuff, it gets very like overwhelming for me quickly. So I feel like it's right. harder for me to like, kind of live up to that. Like whenever I leave the car, like everything, everything comes with me, but it is funny. Like I'll clean the car. Like I'll usually do it waiting to pick her up from school and um, she'll be like, Ooh, Ooh. And I do finally, I did finally teach her, you know, like, don't just throw your trash on the floor, like hand it to me uh -huh. or, you know, and so now, you know, she'll get like down with like a sucker and here, mom, I'm done. I'm like, mm, thanks. I'm glad that this is the <laughs> right. rule I, right. I established. But I think, you know, even just having that too, like, even if you don't stick with it all the time, like putting in those little habits into place that you can like come back to, but come back to not from a place of shame. You know, yeah. just coming back to you from a place of, oh, this this was working. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to start trying to do that again. You know, yeah. so like, oh, I'm so lazy. I stopped doing that. Right. You know, and really, thing. I don't, I don't really believe in lazy. Like if we're not doing something, no. there's something in the way, either it's not something we're supposed to do and we feel like we are, or there's something in the way that we get to think about how to shift so that we can do it if it's something that's really good for us to do. And I think another thing I'd say like about your space, and that's where having somebody from the outside come in, like some of the work I do is also, it's hard to vision, it's hard to vision something different when we're just in it. And when we're, you know, so you're in your home, you've been in there, it's just you. So it's, it can be really hard to vision something different because you're in it as it is now. So having mm -hmm. someone else come in there with you and just see things differently you know, and see, oh, there's there's tons of possibilities of how to change the way your space is set up so it doesn't have to feel like that. And you're mm -hmm. not going to be able to see them by yourself when you're in it, you know. But, and so I'll come in, you know, if I came into your space, I'd have some ideas, I'd offer them what those, I, I mean, you might, and those ideas might feel right for you and you might go with them, but what they also will do is show you like, oh, thing, there's different possibility here. And then you'll come up with a different idea that I hadn't even thought of just once that starts opening, knowing that like, oh, this could look totally different than it is. And that, and that I love, it changes our space, but that opens up for our whole lives that things can look completely different than we ever imagined that we couldn't even consider or didn't even notice that we, that did, weren't right in the first place. Like, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I mean, I, I went into somebody's home, this was some years ago, you know, who had this couch she hated and hadn't actually tuned in enough to notice but when we you know I, I just heard something and so I asked her about it and she's like yeah actually this is my mother-in-law's and I, I hate it but we have to keep it and you know when I explored more it's like do you have to keep it and <laughs> what is the serving and you know 
what a freeing thing to then not have this thing that you hate in your home <laughs> and to have something that you both in terms of that material piece, but also just to know that in general, that we don't have to have things in our lives that feel like that. And we get to notice when they, when they don't. Yeah, so, absolutely. And yeah. I think, you know, even feeding on that too, especially when you start mixing other people into the mix, when I separated um, my brother, you know, like obviously like family photos and stuff like started coming off the walls, but my ex is Hawaiian and I also love Hawaii um, and everything, but everything in the house was like Hawaiian decor. Mm. And my brother was like, this is your chance. Like nothing in this is you, you know? Mm. And so then I had to sit down and be like, what does that mean? Mm. You know, and what do I want that to mean? So that in, in me buying a, um, a pink bed frame, <laughs> mm. um, but even, you know, like, and with my daughter too, but I try to include her on like some of those decisions, but I feel like that's the thing too, is, you know, knowing it's, it's all in that tuning in, even when you're purchasing things of going, does this feel like me? Like, yes. is this just pretty yes. or does this like genuinely feel like me? Cause I knew I wanted to do my bedroom and like, like my favorite colors are literally bright pink and neon yellow. And <laughs> I was like, I wanted really pink feminine. I mean, it's Barbie season bedroom you know, and I went to, I think like home goods or TJ Maxx or something. And there was this huge flamingo painting and it was like pink and sparkly. And I was like, it's pink. It's not the vibe I'm going for, Uh huh. you know? Uh -huh. So I think like that too, the pausing, the, yes. why do I feel like I want this? Mm -hmm. Is this really mm -hmm. aligned in mm -hmm. like, what makes me feel good rather just than, you know, filling up space. And what's funny is this apartment has a bigger closet than my big house had. Hmm. And when I walked in, I was like, I don't want a bigger closet. Like I liked my closet a, cause it was smaller because I also know from having bigger homes that you just fill them up. Right. 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 But I love what you said about coming in and helping people get to know their space. And also I just feel like even if you don't have that, you know, I'll, I'll just say luxury of hiring a coach or having somebody just being open in yourself yeah. To do that. And Pinterest is also a really great resource for that. But how my apartment is compared to when I moved in a year ago, it's all shifted, mm -hmm. you know, because at the time I moved in, I was like, okay, this is how this is, right. this is this place right. for this. And this is the place for this. And, you know, like, and it's, and it's moved around, mm -hmm. you know? And so also just being open to, yeah. you know, being like, oh, how else could I, like, I just moved my bed like two weeks ago in my room. And I was like, oh, I like this so much better, you know? Mm -hmm. So like just being, mm -hmm. if you have the option, you know, but right. um, yeah, no, yeah, if you don't have the luxury of somebody, at least being open within yourself to saying like, how could I maybe make this work better for myself? Yeah, no, I think there's a lot we can do with ourselves and and we can be in connection with other people while we're doing it, whether we, you know, whether mm -hmm. we hire someone or not. Um, But I think just always tuning in, like walking around and feeling, does this feel good to me? And we know if we really tune in and ask, you know, does this feel yeah. good to me? And if it doesn't, then, then just noticing that and just allowing that will allow more space for what, what does to come. And sometimes things like mo just move something, you know, that mm -hmm. totally changes the energy, like move a piece of furniture, move a, move a something, which will just make the space 
feel different. It'll look different. It'll energetically be different. And then that opens up seeing things in a different way, you know, so there's all kinds of things we can do with ourselves as well. And, and, you know, with support of all kinds of, all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. I I remember, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, um, go ahead. No, I just, I remember the other thing I was going to go back to. You were talking about a couple of things. One, you were talking about like all or nothing. And I absolutely agree with that. This, like every, every step we do with everything matters. It's not small, you know, a small step, a step that feels small is not small. And so really honoring any part of a pro and there's no end. It's not like, oh, now this is done. It's all a process, but I think there's, yeah, around this and around so many things, there's a pressure if, if it's, if it's not some feeling some big grand thing, it's not, you know, going through one box, going through one book. If you went into that box of high school memorabilia and went through one photo and really had a process with that, that's a big deal. And that has impact. That has impact. That, you know, that is, that has impact. Yeah, That makes a difference anytime we tap in. And I think really following ourselves. And so I'm, I was interested to hear you talk about like setting timer and going back and forth. And it sounds like that's working well. I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious how it feels to you because one thing I've noticed for myself is that I'll have a plan sometimes, but if I, you know, so I'm like, okay, today I'm going to work on this. And then I, oops, I get him. I just took my computer over and then I get in front of my computer or I get somewhere that I'm going to do this thing. And it, it's like, I'm just not feeling it and I'm, I'm trying to do it and I'm trying. And then if I stop and slow down, I'm like, oh, this actually isn't what I'm meant to do right now. Mm-hmm. When I really tune in, it's something else. And so when I ask, well, what is it? And then ask, is it, am I not doing this because there's some fear in the way that I can move? Or is it because like, I think I'm supposed to, or some part of me like really wants this to happen, but it's not what's meant to happen right now. Something else needs to be tended to first. And so I think there's something about allowing for that, that there's no shoulds about how we're supposed to spend our time. And again, it's just tuning into listening and following ourselves Mm -hmm. and creating the supportive conditions where it can happen. Sometimes, you know, I'll be in the middle of working on something on my computer or, or, or something. And usually, um, and I'll just start feeling, blah, you know, and then, uh, you know, I've learned more and more. Sometimes I override it. That never goes well. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, I just have to get this done. But if uh-huh. I actually stop and do it some other time, it'll happen so much faster. Something I could spend hours and hours on trying to make myself do it if it's not the right time. And another time it could take a half hour or 10 minutes to do something because it's, you know, just the right moment. But sometimes it's just because I need to change the condition. I need to get up and move my body or I need to call a friend and connect for a few minutes or or I need to stop and do something else and allow for that. Mm-hmm. So that I think is, I think if we were all doing that more, things would go so much better in terms yeah. of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Yeah. And I probably should have prefaced my timer thing being like, I am not a drill sergeant with myself, especially. Yeah, no, I can tell that. <laughs> Yeah. No, you know, I, and even like I was going through my list the other day and it was like, you know, the timer would go off and I'm like, you know what, Ashley, like I want to keep like cleaning. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I would stay on that list instead. And or the timer would go off and I would be like in a really good flow with, you know, whatever I was working on. Or actually, actually, as the day went on, I just for- kept forgetting to set the timer. So mm-hmm. I would start like, like, it was like, go put away, like I would need to go put away my laundry. And then that ended up in me like cleaning my room. And then I was like, mm-hmm. man, that's been a really long 15 minutes. And then I like <laughs> checked that I didn't even start the timer. And I was like, oh, okay. You know? So I think it just like, for and again, that's something that works for me. Yeah. 
that I have realized works for me. And I'm not saying that it works, you know, for everybody. And that might not be- It sounds like you're relating to it in a, in a very tuned in way. Yeah. You know, that is, and that's great. I mean, sometimes it can be useful. You know, I will set a timer sometimes because I know I might get lost in something that's going to not good for me. So the timer allows me to check in with myself, you know, and, and either like remind me, oh, there's something else that would really be good for me to do or check in is the still feel, you know, and that's beautiful what you said. I bet some part of you knew not to set the timer, you know, some that at that time, because it allowed you space and for you to stop timer goes off, but you're like, actually, this is feeling right and keep doing it. So it sounds, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. The other way I use them too, is if I am having or feeling really overwhelmed by a task or something, I'll be like, okay, do it for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it's, when that timer goes off, if you're done, you're done. If you want to keep going, you can keep going. Yeah. And so I think that's another thing too, to get us out of that, because I, I believe the same thing. And I tell my clients the same, same thing. Like there's a difference between not wanting to take an action because it's genuinely something you don't want to do. Right. And I use it in the reference of like, if you are trying to, you know, take care of your body better. Um, and so you make like a workout plan. So for me personally, if I put running on there, it's not going to happen. I mm-hmm. hate running. Right. I know this about myself. Mm-hmm. I do not find any joy in that activity. I always tell people, if you see me running, run. Like something <laughs> is like, even my daughter will be like, mom, let's run. And I'm like, mommy doesn't run. Um, you know, and so there's a difference between knowing what you genuinely do not like to do. Right. But also what is just like making you uncomfortable. So like, I feel like I'm going to have to put that into motion when I go through that big box of all the, you know, high school photos and everything mm-hmm. is okay. Do this for 10 minutes and then leave it out there and walk away. Right. Cause right. it's not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It might not be as traumatizing as I think it's going to be, right. but like, it's not going to be, Well, fun. it may not feel fun, but ultimately it's going to be very freeing. It's very freeing. And the feelings that will, that you will connect with, you know, the emotions are there all the time anyway. It's just allowing them to come to the surface so they can clear out. Yeah. You know, and then so also I think not- they're, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's like, um, the procrastination anxiety where like you put off something, let's say our taxes, that was a really good thing in general, but like we all put them off and put them off and put them off. Cause we think it's going to take yep. too long. We don't want to see if we're going to owe money, you know, and then we finally make ourselves sit down and do it. It's done really quickly. Yep. <laughs> and we usually get money back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it's like the whole like build up and, you know, everything of it. And then it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to set a timer. And then it's like, oh, that only took, like, I'm, when I moved out of my house to get it ready to sell, there were so many things that, you know, projects that I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But like, I had to, because I was getting ready to sell it. Right. And then it took 10 minutes. Then I'm like, damn it. Why didn't I do this three years ago? It took 10 minutes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And so then there you're shaming yourself and it's this whole spiral. Right, so right. I'd like, that's another reason yeah. they can be helpful. So I know that you have another appointment to get to here pretty soon. So mm-hmm. is there any last encouragement, quick encouragement you would give anybody that's ready to kind of dip their toe in, in the decluttering world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so worth doing. I'll say that. It's really, really beautiful. And it gets to be, it needs to be, but it gets to be a supportive process and to a supportive end. It's Mm. not be based on shoulds 
or even the term accountability I've, I've stopped using because there's something like, I don't think we need to be kept accountable. We need to be allowed to be ourselves, in which case we'll do what's right for us, you know, and which mm-hmm. also right for the world. You know, there's, um, it just gets to be a supportive process and we cannot do it alone. It's, we're not meant to, we get to have support. We need to have support and, but it's really important. It's worth tending to all the things under the bed in the closet, even if it's in a storage unit, you know, hundreds of miles away it's having impact it's it's worth Mm -hmm. if it's there and it and it's not actually serving you it's in the way of your life and and I want more for people than that for everyone yeah yeah oh there's been so many good usually like when I during my podcast I'll write down like a really good one-liner that I'll use as like the caption and the title for the podcast and you're giving me like five to choose from so (laughs) thank you for making that hard for me not really (laughs) Um, no, I'm really excited about this. So at the end of all my podcasts with guests, I like to do just a really quick little fun, kind of get, let people get to know you away from the topic. So do you have a word for your year this year? Ooh, interesting. (laughs) Uh, self-love. Okay. I guess that's two words, but it works. Yeah, <laughs> I won't. I won't dock points. I won't dock thank points. You, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. That's something about me. I, I generally always answer questions outside the. I let. I let a group. Re, I facilitate a group, and often in the beginning, we do an opening go around, and I ask a question, and um, just that helps people share something. And I asked, "Who's an animal that you'd love to have a conversation with?" And everybody said something. And when it came to me, for whatever reason, the answer that came was a flower. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, that's me. <laughs> I mean, like a Venus flytrap could kind of be oh, like an yeah. <laughs> animalistic flower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fangs. So mm-hmm. I love that though. You're like, no, no animals for me, flower. <laughs> I mean, there's I love lots that. of that. You know, there's a turkey that's been hanging around. I'd love to have a conversation with her, but somehow in that moment, it was flower. <laughs> I just want to have a conversation with squirrels that keep teasing my dogs. Mm. Um, what is something you have to do every day, no matter what? Hmm. Like have to do like for that, for my own, mm-hmm. be outside. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. I, and that's newer reconnecting for me. That's something for many years. I didn't, I didn't know was something that I really needed, but I need to, I'm sitting outside right now because I'm so grateful. It's actually warm enough that I can sit outside on my computer, but I feel so much more alive and whole and connected and yeah. And it's brought like an extra energy to this too in my like even when you just like first signed on I was like she's outside and it's sunny yeah yeah it really makes a difference like when I do I you know I've 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 done some training in nature-based therapy and you know and coaching and it's, it really makes oh my gosh it makes such a difference even if mm-hmm. I'm on the phone with a client I'll walk outside because I know the energy of that is is yeah like that's so beautiful that you just said that is is impacting our connection and interaction and what gets mm-hmm. to happen yeah so I saved the controversial question for last. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you are reading a book, do you dog ear or do you use a bookmark? Oh, wow. Interesting. I, I use a bookmark. <gasps> would be, no, but You're my first one. Because, oh, really? <laughs> it's so interesting. Well, I've been, I've also been reading. Well, is that true? Maybe. Oh, you know what? I just realized I've been reading a lot of library books lately, so I don't uh... dog ear. My okay, own, but that, my that's own fair. 
I don't think I dog ear, but you know what? That's one of the things that like, it might be good for me to like, let it be a little messier. You know, for me, that's my struggle, you know, sometimes is allowing things to be messy, you know? Mm-hmm. So again, that idea that if you're neat, you're better. Some, you know, people often are like, I can't have you over because your home is so neat and mine's messy. I'm like, first of all, please invite me to your home. I don't care about what it looks yeah. like. I want to hang out with you. Yeah. That's another thing I would say to people, have people over and don't think you have to do anything different to your home people want to be with you and we're all doing that so people don't have people over because of they think it's you know so we're all doing that it's it's makes mm-hmm. no sense but mm-hmm. but I could you know I could use to actually be you know quote messier so maybe I'll start dog earing my pages yeah, even the yeah. library I mean book. people have very strong <laughs> opinions about this so that's why oh, I thought I'm it was so, a really I'm like so curious it's so interesting <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dog ear and I've been called a monster so Aww. um and I also sad. do my toilet paper the anyway we won't get into oh, toilet no. paper discussion oh, that's a I know <laughs> right right well before we wrap this up can you just tell my listeners where they can find you all I mean you'll also be linked to my show notes of course but if there's any current offerings that you want people to know about too like where can they work with you yeah yeah so I have a number of different offerings I have um, a website shirasamaroff.com it's just my name that has my coaching and consulting work. There's a whole range of, you know, from transformative decluttering to what right, you said this to working with, um, I love supporting moms. I love working with women who aren't moms. I love working with women around the decision to be a mom. I do professional development, general coaching. And I also work as a therapist and you can find me on Psychology Today. And I currently am licensed in New York and New York State and North Carolina. So um, anyone in those states is welcome to reach out if you're looking for a really good therapist. <laughs> if Well, there's lots of really good therapists, but, you know, and I, I, I will always have a conversation with, I'm a good therapist and, and I might not be the right match for you, but there are, I, but I'm always happy to have a convert, you know, a short conversation with someone to see if we're a match to, to work together. There's some other podcasts. If you look at my name, you can listen to some other, some other interviews. And I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but I don't go on it that much, but you know, you're welcome to check me out there, but I'm on the same. Yeah. A little more. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to tag you um, when I post about this too, but thank you so much for coming on today, especially since it kind of got sprung on you, which was a great lesson for me too, of being a better communicator. So um, if I didn't learn anything else, which I learned a lot, so that's not true, <laughs> but I learned that from the very beginning. So right, right. thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. And I'm, I'm really, yeah, I just feel very lit up about it. So lovely, lovely honor the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Well, listeners, I hope that that was as much fun as it was for me and hopefully for Shira as well. And just stay tuned. The rest of February, if you're listening to this in real time, is going to be dedicated to this subject. More interviews to come. I'm so excited. Make sure you head to my website. If you sign up for my newsletter, you're going to get one maybe once every month, maybe every two months. It's not going to be a lot, I promise. But Simplify My Decluttering Course is going to pop up for free as soon as you put in your email. So make sure to check out that free resource. And until then, my friends, please, please, please take good care of you. Be kind to yourself and remember to ask for support when you need it. Hey, amazing listeners. Thank you for being part of today's conversation. Your energy and time are truly appreciated. If you enjoyed our chat, hit the follow button, leave me some stars and share this with someone who might need some inspiration. I love hearing from you. So please connect with me on social media, share your thoughts, your questions, or your favorite podcast moments. And let's build this community together. Before you go, I want to share two game changers in my life, Nuvita CBD and the Silk and Sonder Journal. 
Nuvita CBD offers wellness like no other. Trust me, it's been a game changer for my daily routine, my sleep, and calming my ass down. And the Silk and Sonder Journal is not just a planner, it's a journey of self-discovery with prompts and spaces for reflection. You can find both those links in my show notes. Your journey matters to me, and I am here to support you. Until next time, keep shining bright and embrace your magical self.